Hi, this is Stephen Bryant, and I want to welcome you to episode 14 of the RelativityChallenge.com podcast. In this episode, we're going to take a look at part three in our four-part series on moving systems. In particular, we're going to look at a, a complete coordinate system, which is one of the two types of coordinate systems that I have in my model of complete and incomplete coordinate systems. As a reminder, for those of you who have not seen or who have seen the, the prior video episodes, there are three key elements that make up a coordinate system. We have our reference or stationary system. In this case, it's the background, which represents the road or the ground. We have a moving object. In this case, it's our yellow man. And we also have a moving reference system, which in this case is our bus. As always, there are three points of view. You have the point of view of someone on the reference system, perhaps a pedestrian or a bystander. You have the point of view of the bus driver who is on the moving system, and you have the point of view of the man himself. So with that said, let's take a look at some of the behaviors of a complete coordinate system. Before we do that, however, we have to offer a definition of what a complete coordinate system is. Basically, in a complete coordinate system, we ask our moving object, our man, to oscillate between two points on that moving coordinate system, and his movement is governed by that moving system. So what this means, and to contrast it with an incomplete coordinate system, which is what we talked about last time in part two, the key difference is that now the man is no longer walking alongside the bus and oscillating between the front and the rear. He is actually on the bus. So his feet are moving with respect to the bus, the moving reference system, and not res with respect to the ground or the stationary reference system. So to get everyone grounded, let's take a look at how the person behaves when the bus is not moving. We're going to ask him to go to the front of the bus and in this case, it takes him 10 seconds. No different than um, the first example that we gave in part one of the series. And in fact, when he goes to, from the front of the bus to the rear of the bus, we find that it takes him the same amount of time, another 10 seconds. So if we were to ask him to oscillate between the front and the rear of the bus, the bus is stationary, 10 seconds, and it takes him another 10 for a total of 20 seconds to do the total round trip journey. What happens if the bus is in motion? So first, let's put the bus in motion with uh, and we'll make it go slower than our person. And we're gonna ask him to go to the front of the bus. Will it take the same amount of time, less time, longer for him to reach the front of the bus because the bus is in motion? Let's find out. In this case, he still takes 10 seconds to get to the front, or a count of 10 to get to the front. How about if the bus is going at the same speed as our person? It still takes 10 to get to the front. And I think I can make it go a little bit faster before I run out of screen real estate to get to the front and the bus is going faster than our person, he's still able to do it, and it still takes him the exact same amount of time. And just to show it in the other direction, we're going to show him um, at, at the bus is moving slightly slower than the person, 
it takes the 10 seconds. We're going to do it slightly. We're going to do it at the same speed as the person. In this case, because the person is moving at two and the bus is moving at two, for someone in the reference system, it looks like the person isn't moving. For someone on the bus, of course, he is moving, and it took to the count of 10. And if the bus is going slightly faster than the person, the person still makes progress but is moving a little bit uh, with being carried by the bus. He's, someone in the reference system sees him moving a little bit to the, to the right. In either case, it took him to the count of 10. Let's look at one oscillation when the bus is moving slightly less than our person and see what happens there. So it takes, he gets to the front, and then he gets to the back for a total of 20 seconds. The key question here is, where is he at the halfway mark? And let's find out if we can answer that question. Again, I'm going to try and stop it at exactly 10. I may be a little bit off, but let's see if I can do it at exactly 10. At 10, he is at the front of the bus. So he is exactly halfway. So one half of the total oscillation, which was 20, at one half of that, he has gone half of his distance, and he is at the front of the bus. Now, I think for me to do it at greater velocities, while we will get the same answer, I do believe I, I, get, I run out of real estate room. So let me just try it at the same speed and see if that does prove to be the case. So the front of the bus, uh, I ran out of real estate before I was able to um, get him to the back of the bus. So, but the math is still the same math and will work out regardless of the, of the velocity of the bus. So in this case, you'll notice, um, unlike an incomplete coordinate system, the bus can go at any velocity and the person is able to do the behavior that we've asked them to do, which is to perform an oscillation in an incomplete coordinate system just as a reminder while the bus could go at any velocity if the bus's velocity matched or exceeded that of the person the person was not able to do what we asked it to ask him to do so I'd like to just summarize a key uh, a number of key observations that I'd like you to take away from a complete coordinate system and today's discussion number one the behaviors of our man in this system are the same regardless of whether the bus is stationary or the bus is in motion. So what I mean by that is he's able to do what we've asked him to do. We've asked him to, to perform an oscillation. Um, we also know that when he's gone half of his distance, he is at the front of the bus just as when he was stationary. So when he's gone half his time or half his distance, he's reached the front. There are two equal parts and he's able to return. Uh, one other observation of a complete coordinate system, however, is that there is no limit to the velocity of the bus. The bus can meet or exceed the velocity of the person, and the person is still able to do what we've asked him to do. And I think many of us, I'm hoping that many of us, have had this type of experience in our lives where we've been on some sort of vehicle, whether it was a ship or a bus or a train or an airplane, where we have been able to walk from one uh, end of that particular vehicle to the other, regardless of the velocity of that vehicle. So ideally, this is no different than some of the things we have experienced in our own lives. Please join me. So this wraps up 
Today's episode, part three, I'm going to ask you to please join me for part four, where we're going to take a look at special relativity and how it's related to the model of complete and incomplete coordinate systems. This episode of Relativity Challenge podcast is copyright by Stephen Bryant and RelativityChallenge.com. I hope that you'll join me next time. Until then, be well.